So welcome to another episode of the Drill to Detail podcast with me, Mark Whitman, as your host. And my special guest in this week's episode is Avi Zluf, CEO of a startup called EvalueX. So welcome to the show, Avi, and it's great to have you with us. And uh, yeah, let's let's introduce yourself and uh, let's have a chat. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. I'm Avi, CEO of EvalueX. And we are in the big data business, specifically in the optimization and services uh, for serverless big data, which is, I think, uh, the most exciting technology uh, for us, uh, the the analysts, the data analysts today. Okay. Okay. So what we're going to do then is talk a bit about the the um, the products you're creating and and how it works with BigQuery and Athena and other kind of um, the new sort of generation of databases in the cloud. But let's start off first of all just by a little bit of kind of background to yourself. So um, you're now currently CEO of ValueX, but your your kind of history and route into that company is quite interesting. It didn't really kind of strike me as the traditional route that I've seen in the past, people working in other software vendors, other database vendors, you've got quite an interesting route into your current job. So tell us about that and, and I suppose how that leads into what you're doing now. Okay, so it's quite interesting, I must say, because uh, originally 20 years ago, I started as an Oracle developer with all the PLSQL and the classic um, databases. Uh-huh. And during the years, I came to uh, my expertise was on the client side mainly. So HTML technology, when it wasn't that cool as it is today, and JavaScript uh, was my my base. And throughout the years, in some weird manner, I found out that client technology and databases, uh, especially data warehouse, uh, are joined together in a very strong manner where you have to visualize data. When every company that I joined, um, my expertise in client side helped uh, data warehouse and analysts uh, visualize their data. And in some weird manner, I was always pulled to this kind of uh, activity. So it was in OVO and it was in DSNR and it was in Wi-Fi and it also was a trader which uh, is a major fintech company today that is doing amazing work and and we always had to live out sometimes in small databases uh, 10 or 15 years ago and few years ago with the huge databases with tons of updates and very complex visualization for enterprises specifically for banks okay okay so so how i came to know about your company was you i mean i do a lot of work with bigquery which most kind of listeners will be aware of and um there's, there's a kind of a i suppose an ecosystem of um plugins you can have for um for bigquery and there's bqmate which um which Philippe in the last episode talked about, which is a kind of standard, I suppose, DBA developer Chrome plugin that you can use with uh, BigQuery that helps you with, um, helps you with, uh, I suppose, kind of putting your queries together and doing admin tasks and so on. But your company produces a BigQuery um, Chrome plugin that looks at the, I suppose, the cost of queries and, and generally analyzes that sort of thing. And I was kind of interested to understand the company behind it and why you're trying to do it and so on. So. Maybe, Avi, first of all, just talk about this plugin you produce, um, how it works and, and what it does, really, just at, at that sort of level, first of all. So so it's quite fascinating because when we started this um, this startup a year ago, 
uh, we looked at the various of things that we could disrupt and impact this uh, uh, serverless big data, Google BigQuery, Amazon Athena and stuff. And we built this infrastructure. And then a few months ago, I think about three months ago, we thought, okay, let's see how we can distribute that after our design partners really loved what we are doing and we got very positive um, attraction from the market. And we have thought about uh, the plugin because Google BigQuery is in some way a very unique um, technology because it's the first database that it's actually serverless uh, in a very big scale. So. Because it's serverless, it drives all the classic analytic guys to work with other classic tools. Uh, and they have to work with Google BigQuery Console because this is the only place where they can get some idea of the cost or how much data is going to be scanned. And then they can know how much they will be charged. So in, in some weird manner, all the analytic guys are working with Google BigQuery Console, which is quite uh, interesting because most most platforms have some kind of fragmentation but uh, yes. but not in this case so uh, this the Google BigQuery console uh, I, I learned to admire, admire it because at the beginning I was always uh, complaining about what is was it was missing but now that we are building uh, parallel tools I really admire the work they did it it's really complex and uh, it's tons of features but it lacks the um, enterprise element. It lacks the, the, the to, how to translate infrastructure, amazing infrastructure, to a tool that uh, a company, a uh, data-driven company can work with. And this is this is this gap we try to uh, to provide. And we are started with the, the Chrome extension that is currently distributing a viral, uh, really amazing result, really um, more than whatever anything that we have expected, um, and it's kind of a, a nice, um, a very very helpful way for you to know how to work with the, to to work with Google BigQuery in a manner where you have a very good, a very solid uh, cost prediction uh, when you run a query, a very strong results uh, query results at the bottom that can do pivot tables and sorting and column changing. We have um, enhanced autocomplete for queries, which all of those, all of this stuff is really nice to have, not a must, where you just need to get, just install the, the, the extension, nothing else. But then we added to the, to the extension a very interesting layer of cost analysis. Now, this is like um, the, the candy uh, extension because the unique thing about our cost analysis is, first of all, the first ever that gives you a cost analysis that is uh, context aware, meaning uh, you, it's, it's uh, analyzing your queries and helps you find the, the queries that are not efficient. And it's the first one that is multi-project. Most of com most of companies today are working with more than one project, and it's the only one that he, that 
integration is a single click. You don't have to have an administrator or somebody that will help you uh, integrate this system or whatever. You just get in, give us uh, uh, the minimum uh, permission possible, and you get a full-blown analytics. Uh, and I must say that we got uh, really amazing feedback about uh, on that. Okay. Okay. And there's a few. There's quite a lot in that in, in what you talked about there to kind of unpack really. So so let's mm-hmm. let's kind of start off first of all. So you talked about serverless platforms and you mentioned BigQuery. Um, and you mentioned other ones like Athena and, and, and so on there. It'd be quite good in a, in a moment to talk about, I suppose, how they differ and how, they're, and how they're similar and some of the characteristics there and so on. But you also talked there about the BigQuery web UI. And that's, that's the, you know, for anybody who is new to BigQuery, that's the, the web-based um, Google interface that you can use to, to run queries. You can, you, know, look, you can run, I suppose, exports and imports and so on there. But what you've been talking about there is, is you know, the, the cost of uh, the cost of a query is something that you don't get from that interface immediately, you know, by itself. And there are plugins to do that. But yours takes that to the next stage. And, and so maybe just talk about, I mean, you talk about cost there and, and people who might come from the Oracle world that you and I used to come from would think about, well, you know, you pay for your, your Oracle license and you pay for it on a named user or a, on a, or a per per processor basis. But BigQuery is quite different about how it charges for its use, isn't it? Maybe tell us about how that works, really, and what are some of the influences on the cost that you might pay? So I, I find it mind-blowing um, because I, I think I think in every service, uh, good and bad, cost is the elementary uh, entry point and uh, in, in the way that you evaluate uh, whether it's good for you or not. And what Google did is is too good to be true. It, it's so good that that a lot of companies are not using Google BigQuery because uh, they they don't understand it. They don't know how to encapsulate it into the um, the da- daily usage or the, the the organization. So it works like this. It's it's quite straightforward. You pay two cents a gig, meaning if you have a uh, one gigabyte, uh, one terabyte, you pay. Uh, $20, something like that, uh, a month, and you pay for what you scan. So if you scan fi- uh, one terabyte, you pay $5. So it's quite straightforward. If you scan more than that, you would pay more. If you scan less, you pay less. And it's a column-based database, so a table can have as many columns uh, uh, as you wish. And if you select only a few columns, Depends on the, how big is the data, you will be charged. So how much is will be your bill in Google BigQuery depends on how much you scan. It can be $5 a month, and it can be $2,000 a month. Um, it's up yeah. to you. And I suppose one of the characteristics of cloud is, is that, mm-hmm. certainly I've found with work I do at the moment, is that you don't typically hit the day-to-day constraints of capacity that you used to have with on-premise software. But the problem is you can spend all of your money on this because you know there, there is almost no constraint to how much money you can spend if you run queries that are inefficient or expensive so you know even though um even though these things do start off cheap you've got to watch that cost because it can snowball over time can't it yeah this this is the main drawback because uh, i i find this kind of uh pricing uh, an amazing thing for data driven so a company instead of having one data warehouse can have 10 teams that each is a data driven com- uh, small company in the company 
and they don't need the $100,000 just, just to, start to, to start to have the infrastructure. They can start running, but you find a lot of companies that are feeling much better with paying a, a significant amount of money, but they know that this is it. There is nothing else. It won't, they won't be overcharged. And it's hard for them to shift, even if they would know that it can cost them 50%. They, they st it's still very hard for them to shift. I, I just would point out one thing uh, to, to so that the guys who are not that familiar with Google BigQuery, or some of them that are saying that Google BigQuery is expensive, just a couple of days ago, Spotify just uh, put out their blog and they talked about the, 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 they had everything on premise and they talked about how cheap and much better performance was transferring everything to Google and specifically Google BigWay. So, so, you know, for, for you and I, again, coming from the world of, of Oracle and those other types of databases, cost can mean two things. Cost can mean the money you pay to the vendor for the software, but cost can mean how efficient or how much resource the query uses as well. And, you know, in, in BigQuery, to, to an extent, the two things are kind of like, you know, uh, there's a linear relationship. But you know, one of the things that I found with using BigQuery is that you think at the start you've got access to all the resources that Google has in the world. But, you know, each customer has a certain amount of resource they can use and how you run the query and how efficient that query is can mean the query might actually execute or it might run out of resources at the end. I mean, what, what again... You know, where, where does that come into things? And how, can you maybe t talk to us about how the cost of a query in terms of the computing resource can have, a, can have an impact on customers as well? I always give a simple, simple um, example that um, in Google BigQuery, if you will ask what is the weather, you might get an enormous bill because... Uh, it might just scan all your data, give you the average of the weather from ever, and give you a result that you're not interested even, and it might have cost you, let's say, for example, we see $1,000 queries in our database for nothing. So you have to ask a very complex question to get a simple answer. Uh, this is the type of work usually being done by most companies that are working with Google BigQuery to get the maximum efficiency. They, they, are, they write really long queries to get a very simple, direct question uh, in the most efficient way. And, and even when you hear that, you understand that this is not the most healthy uh, long-term approach uh, to, uh, to, this, to this type of technology, let's say, or leverage or data. So, so your plugin, I mean, you, you, so talk us through, I mean, how, how does it actually do the, uh, the analysis of cost on there? You know, and, and is it something where um, you maybe in time are going to start to look at maybe optimizing those queries to cost less? Or is it more of a kind of retrospective reporting of, of cost? I mean, tell us how that kind of works. So I will tell you what we are doing today. And I will give you a glimpse of um, the mind-blowing technology that we are we are looking forward to release um, in the next year. Yeah, that I think um, I think you could really make a change in the way companies work with um, with big data today. So first of all, let's talk about what we have today. So first of all, 
the key element is the one click. So in one click, you get an integration. So it's very important. So the companies will be, will, it will be a really easy, uh, simple and short to integrate into our system. So it's really a one click. And what we do at that moment, we crawl and we get all the metadata and the, all the history of queries to the end of time for a customer. Then we run full analysis in two metrics. One is queries. So we analyze the queries from uh, what query cost him the most, what group map reduced, uh, took the most resources, uh, what day, um, and how long, and every type of perspective that can help uh, help user uh, drill down and understand um, how he worked and how he can change it. We had a, an interesting case where we had a customer that uh, had a cost issue, like everybody else, and we looked at it, we helped him. Usually they do it by themselves, but we really love this customer, so it, uh, first-hand help, and we tell them, hey, you have a guy there that runs $30 queries uh, every couple of seconds. He runs again and again and again. Um, so he said, yes, this is my son. So we said, okay, if it's your son, don't fire him, but <laughs> get him into the room and tell him to stop doing it because he's really wasting tons of money. So and." Uh, this kind of um, serverless is, is very hard to pinpoint uh, issues and efficiency. And with our system, this is one side of the query, is um, it's making the job much easier. The second part of the, the analysis is the storage, where we help you again. The leak of storage is very, problem, very problematic because uh, you store tons of data. We have customers with petots of data we have some some of them with 20 or 30 peta of data. Uh, understanding what is being accessed, what not is being accessed, and how you can delete some of it, or maybe download an, an archive uh, is crucial for, for cost optimization. So we are doing our best there to help companies. Okay, so that's, that's, that's kind of retrospective. So you, you're, you're making that data more, I suppose, accessible and you're making it um, so that you can kind of, you know, I suppose, explore into it and so on. But um, yeah, and, we, and, we, and, and you know, that's a situation that, that we found ourselves in as well in the company I work at now. We, we take the logs and we noticed a very similar thing. One customer was, was costing us a fortune in, in queries because they were refreshing a real-time dashboard each day. They were doing a select style and they were doing it every day. And, and so you know, we we're, were able to work with them to bring that query down to just the columns they need and, and just the kind of the, the time range they wanted. You know, we then partitioned their tables. And, and so, but is, is your plan to be able to offer some maybe sort of proactive advice with the tool as well to say things like, were you to partition the tables, you would do this? Um, you know, what, what would your, what's your plans in that sort of area then? The next step, I must say, this is the mind blowing that I, I talked about before. So we just issued a patent on uh, something we call a super query. Now, super query is, is the holy grail. SuperQuery enables, enables us to take your query, um, take it apart, and build it, build it back again in the most efficient way. Uh, I usually address SuperQuery as something like a virtual machine for Java. So a virtual machine for, for Java 
means that you can write code in Java and runs on Linux on, or in Windows. You really don't care. Um, and it makes sure it will be the most efficient. It, it translates to C and stuff. Uh, SuperQuery is basically the same, meaning you will write your, question, your questions in the most simple way in SQL, and we will make them the most efficient possible. And we are doing it by with two elements. One, uh, we are giving uh, enhanced caching. Uh, so we really, one of the most uh, problematic issues in serverless big data that once you acquire your data, once you create data and you got the results, it's very easy to, to lose it because uh, if you don't, didn't save it, you don't have access to it again and you have to ask your question again. So let's give an example. Let's, add, uh, let's suppose you are asking what is the sales average of the last seven days. So you will get uh, seven records of results, how much you did in the first day, second day, etc. And if you ask the same question a day later, you have to pray all the data again and get all the results again and have to pay everything, even though for, for six days you already acquired this data, but you lost it. Yeah, it's, it's not accessible for you anymore. Okay, so that sounds like a kind of results cache, but it's a bit like in Oracle terms, it would be a results cache with fast refresh or something. So you're actually taking, I suppose you're taking the aggregate from the previous day and then just incre incrementally updating that as opposed to, that's, yeah. quite, clever, that's quite clever stuff. But, but it doesn't end there because we, we are doing various of, of gains there with, with the infrastructure to maximize your cache and to enhance your cache. But what we also do is understanding your organization on uh, usage. So I know what you asked yesterday and I know what your teams, your teammates are asked also. You got an analysis uh, asked again. So it's easy for me uh, to uh, to prevent replication and to pinpoint your question. So if you would ask what is the weather, you didn't ask what is the weather in London today. You asked what is the weather, I will understand that you mean what is the weather today in London because you are in London and this is what normally you would ask. And if you want something different, you will have to ask a complex question. But if you ask a simple question, you will get a simple answer. And join it with multi-provider usage. And then you have a very interesting uh, breed of, of, uh, of um, querying technique that, you can, that can evolve to a really strong uh, data-driven uh, analytics. Okay. There's a few things in there. There's a few things in there I, I'd kind of recognize. So you've got, so we, we, a moment ago you talked about, um, I suppose, uh, a results cache where, um, which is typically an aggregate at the end and then um, incrementally updating the, that results cache with whatever today's data is. So that that's interesting. I think there's also almost a kind of like a, a Google Assistant style um, contextual kind of query search thing in there as well, where you're saying, because because we know that you ask questions about London, for example, we will kind of assume that context in the query the next time as well. 
there's quite a lot going on there really you've got and and so and i suppose it also addresses that that the, the issue we have with with kind of BigQuery that there is no i suppose aggregate management in there i mean is that do you think that thing about aggregates is is an interesting thing in in big queries that is is producing numbers small numbers from big numbers one of the big query and doing it very fast is that one of big queries weaknesses at the moment yes well, uh, it's like uh, it's like a an amazing wife, Google BigQuery. When you see, when you work so much with it, although you love it, you can pinpoint a lot of disadvantages um, because uh, because you know every aspect. Um, I, I would just say this: you mentioned your customer that did a very expensive queries, and and you have to and you optimized so you won't get this cost leak and all those issues. Uh, in my world, or at least in my company today, and 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 hopefully soon uh, for everybody else that is using Google BigQuery, uh, you won't have to do it. Continuous optimization will be um, integral part of uh, the daily work because we will be able to do this work for you. And even though uh, your the customers or the users might be um, not focused, let's say, with their queries, we'll be able to pinpoint and make it more efficient. And, and when you combine it with Moody Provider and AI, you get a very interesting sauce there. Okay, uh, where, where does the AI come into it then? I mean, I, I, again, I think I've read some of your material and you mentioned about an AI algorithm. What, what, what's that then? Well, just before I describe that, I just might say that um, it, in, the, in the current current world, everybody is saying AI, and it's kind of over overused. So I, I would just suggest a different phrase for that: computer intuition. Uh, I think I think the major shift in the next ten years would be computer intuition. If we think today that that computers can do one plus one better than human beings. This is kind of uh, um, everybody uh, common knowledge uh, since I don't know the 1970s. But up until now, human intuition was stronger than any computer. But is, this is going to change. So when you have a big amount of data, computer can assume much better than a human what is needs to be done. And when you discussed about serverless big data, what an amazing match. So. When I, I need to optimize your data and your queries to, for your benefit, uh, what be better way to do it with AI? And this is what we are working very hard, and this is the secret sauce there. So when you ask a question, a simple question, you get a simple answer, and it will know what you want because there would be some kind of computer intuition behind it for you to understand, and you will trust it to know better than you uh, that the results are, are, are what you asked or what you need. Okay, okay. So, so, so you so you mentioned. I mean, we mentioned back at the start that I mean, we've been talking about BigQuery because it's the thing that I'm most I'm most familiar with. But does this is your is your objective to try and do this for 
um, Amazon Athena, for example, or, or kind of Oracle 12C or, or, or you know, uh, or the um, autonomous state? Is this a concept that would apply across all different of these, serv of these serverless databases or is it very BigQuery specific? I think it's one of the most ex exciting thing today is Amazon Athena, Amazon Spectrum, Oracle 18C, uh, the solution for Microsoft that is really close to come out uh, very soon. Um, when we started a year ago, there was one player, and it was and it was super clear that that everybody is going to jump aboard. It was only a question of time. And now we are a year later, and there are four solutions uh, for a customer to select from for serverless big data. And there are several more that are not as recognized or not as yet famous or didn't got that, that publicity. But this is the way that we're going to interact in the future. And whoever chooses to work with serverless big data need help with optimization. And we plan to be, uh, to, to, to be this front end for him. So, yes, the cost provider... Um, Treating a query as a commodity is a basic structure of our um, strategy uh, that we are working very hard to achieve. Okay, okay. So, so the problem that you're looking to solve, I've solved in the past by using Druid. And, and Druid struck me as a, a sort of not entirely dissimilar um, approach with the way that it may be stored data and so on. But it also had the, it also had the, the, the kind of roll up on load that helped me with the aggregation problem. I mean, I'm presuming you're familiar with Druid and, and, and what it's trying to do. How does, how, how, why would a customer not want to go, say, to Druid instead? And, and what's your views on, on Druid as a, as a kind of alternative to BigQuery in this, in this kind of area? Well, uh, here I must say that the main factor here um, is, is our client side. So I think I, I don't, from my expertise, I cannot see... A strong infrastructure without a strong uh, connection to visualization, and the main thing is here that that we are not looking at infrastructure itself. We are giving a full-blown solution uh, that goes to up to let's say we call it the first-stage analytics. So um, there are really minimal tools today for analysts to share their knowledge. And and we are looking at enterprise services. There are, there are a lot of aspects today that are missing for enterprises to work with this kind of technology. And aggregation and optimization alone is not sufficient. It's like, a, but it's not sufficient. Uh, we are looking on the full-blown solution. Uh, and and I must say that it makes me <laughs> super exciting because we are working. Internally, it's like uh, a dream come true uh, for, for to work in this kind okay. of environment. Well, let's get on then to that, that, that. So you touched there on 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 the kind of enterprise and the full service and so on. And again, you know, looking into a little bit what you guys are trying to do. Um, again, this this kind of query optimization and so on. That's just one part of, I guess, where you're looking to go. And you. You, you you described your company as the serverless big data management service. You know or what you're trying to do is that. And just just paint a picture really of. I mean, you just, you started to talk about it a minute ago, but but what do you see as the bigger problem to be solved here, and the bigger kind of I suppose footprint and influence you'd have on, on organizations using this kind of software? Uh, 
Put it, put, to put things simple, you take your iPhone, you say, hey, Siri, and you ask a question, and you get an answer. You go to an organization, you ask the question, and you need infrastructure, you need data warehouses, you need uh, analytic guys, you need IT guys, you need DevOps, you need this, uh, and schedulers, and, and, and a lot of combination of things to connect together. And then after two years, you can ask to add a layer of AI on top of that. Uh, and it's quite crazy that this, this, uh, the, the, the difference between, hey, Siri, to uh, what is my revenue or who visited today. Uh, it's really, 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 really a big leap. And only, uh, let's say, 5% of the, the companies today can really afford the big data with AI that is really scalable and really big. Um, and, and it's not technology today, and um, it, it's, not, it's not that far. You can, you can really today um, do much more with much less, but yeah. you need help there. So, okay, but, and that's an interesting statement you made there. Actually, much much less with yeah. You know, so so that was part of I think Oracle's pitchery with 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 autonomous database and and so on. There, I mean, is that just a kind of a catchphrase? Is that just a kind of a, a trite statement, or do you think that's going to affect the way that we kind of use and pay for databases in the future? Totally yes. So the, the simple answer totally yes, and I think that not most people don't really understand. Uh, tomorrow morning, you will be able to go to Evaluex. Um, set up a connection to Oracle C, uh, Google BigQuery, and Athena, and start querying your data. And uh, the data will be placed automatically wherever is the right place for your queries, because we would know what is your needs. And you will get the results, and you get the most attractive bill uh, in the end. And if you and all your queries will be short and understandable. Um, this this is the kind of future that we are going to, uh, and we ju we at Valix we just help to make it faster than others expected. That's interesting. I mean that that there's a I don't know if you have heard of the company uh, Gluent. So Tenel Poda um, is the guy running that, and I actually worked there for a little while last year, and they had a interesting kind of story which had a few kind of parallels to what you're talking about there so so their their kind of pitch was that they liberated um enterprise data and they i guess produced the plumbing that would allow you to um, offload a workload from say oracle you know the storage of the data onto say hadoop and then you could then choose to you know you could then choose to run your data stored on on, on hadoop and then potentially access it using spark and stuff like that and then offload work from, from Teradata. But longer term, again, the kind of the story there and the interest was that you could move data to where it was most economically you know, suitable to kind of run, and it was down to you where it ran rather than the, the software vendor. It looks like what you're doing is almost providing the brains for that to say that you know, were there to be an infrastructure there, we could tell you where to put it, really. So it's interesting parallel to, to, to what uh, Gluent are doing, maybe. Yes, I think... Uh... The, the ETL kind of world, the place where the, 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 the place that drives data from one place to another is a full complex world, by the way, that we, this is not our specialization. There are a lot of good, amazing companies that are doing really good work. Uh, but the other side, when there is the, when you need to decide what to query, where to query, and to calculate um, your needs, it, you really get a very little help there. So. 
uh, yes, we will we will connect with this type of services to help uh, to help customers shift their data from one side to another. Uh, but we just will be the um, let's say uh, the, we will be the top analyst. We will be the the we uh, we call um, Ido, my my partner. Uh, I saying we are taking a, a lot of offload from the analyst and the DBA and, and help them do what they do best. And most of the technical things, the expertise in specific infrastructure. Uh, will be taken out because uh, there really no need for you to be an expert in Google BigQuery. You need to be an expert in AI, an expert in big data, an expert in analysis, not in Athena, not in a autonomous database. Uh, it really this is this type of things are changing all the time, and it's very hard to keep track. Okay, okay. So let's just ch change track a little bit on this. So as a as a business, then. So what you're saying sounds very interesting, and you know, your the the plugin is 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 free to use at the moment, and so on. I mean, the business model behind what you're doing, and I guess people would tend to think that what you're looking to do is something that Google themselves should build into the product as just one of the features. So you know, query optimization and and so on is. Yeah, how how is that a business for you, and how is that something? And what's your what? How do you intend to? to grow and to take this forward and, and I suppose to convince customers to go with you rather than just wait for that to be in, delivered as a feature in, uh, in in Google, in BigQuery? Well, I think, I think uh, first of all, convincing uh, uh, customers to work with us, um, it's, the, it's, most, it's very interesting because it's, uh, the, 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 it turns out that they thrive to new technologies and help in optimization and help with for helping them focus on their business and not in the technology. So, in the, we quite uh, we have quite um, let's say easy work there when we bring out good technology. I suppose one better way of putting that, actually, my side really, is to say who is your target customer? You know, who who is the person you're selling this to, and what problem you're solving for them? I mean, that that probably is a better way of ask, asking that question. Well, the, the thing we look at. Any data-driven company today that is using serverless database uh, is our target uh, company. Now, what we say is we will help you for free in every aspect optimize, but um, the, the, when we deploy this super query where you get a, a seamless continuous optimization, for that we will charge money for us. Again, the, the, the beautiful thing with that is that you would know exactly uh, your patents today, how your patents will be when you are using our system, and how much cost reduction you will get from using it. So it, it would be a, a very nice dance with, with, with the customers to show them that we can make the system much more efficient, cost them much less, and uh, hopefully get uh, our bite out of it, but uh, it's, uh, I think it's pretty normal. <laughs> okay. It's quite easy to quantify, isn't it? I mean, certainly we found that when we started to, to optimize the queries we ran, you know, even if we ended up doing more compute to create, to create summaries, to, to pre-join tables, then that was by far outweighed by the savings we made in queries. And I guess because cost is, because cost is so visible in, in BigQuery, and is it, as it is so kind of, you know, it is... I suppose what you're saying there that you, you know, it's very easy to attach a value to what you're doing, really, and, and then say we've saved you, saved you X, we've cost you kind of 
we've cost you that less something else. So I suppose it's quite easy to, to make that sale. If a product works, it's easy to justify really, isn't it? Yes, um, I must say that we are lucky um, in this term that, um, that it's pretty easy to understand the value of what we're doing. Uh, and we are really looking at the world is, is shifting to big data. Uh, I'm not sure that, well, I'm pretty convinced that today, a lot of the tools today are having a really hard time struggling with big data. So the basic strategy for most companies today is take your big data, transfer it to data, and then work with it. And this is really problematic approach because uh, eventually uh, it's taking time and time is crucial uh, for success. So you really have to be able to work on your big data and to work with your big data, you need big data tools. And we are in the business to leverage big data tools for, for enterprises. Okay, so, so beyond, I suppose, optimizing the query performance and time and so on, what, what's the, in a way, you know, for you, what's the next problem to be solved in the industry, really? I mean, you mentioned there about, I suppose, people dealing with it at scale is an issue, but what, what's the next unsolved problem, do you think, in this industry? So, uh, I think um, the most attractive thing that we saw is, is the analytics collaboration. Um, up until now, uh, analysis or analytics guy um, usually worked as a single person, usually. And if he wants to, wanted to collaborate his data, he usually used, used an email or text editor to do it with other analysts. Uh, uses Excel maybe, and if he really and uh, if he really had the time, usually it takes longer. He used one of the BI tools that is commonly used. So, what we are trying to do is to motivate data-driven companies to share data fast uh, in a controlled environment. And it's very hard when you're talking about serverless when if you want to share a query and somebody might use it and it might cost you $100 per run. Uh, and in this field, we think we have a quite um, good uh, edge and technology to help companies. Uh, the, the moment you have this uh, aha moment with your data, which is quite common for, for, for us, uh, the data persons, uh, you will be able to share it now and fast and uh, impact your business. So this is quite a thing that we have um, very interesting thing to offer uh, and yeah, I believe it will come soon okay. next year. Okay, okay. well I'm, I'm conscious it's late over in, in Israel at the moment so um, just to kind of wrap up really, um, how would people get hold of the Chrome plugin and find out a bit more about your company and, and what you do? So first of all, it, uh, it's pretty simple. Simply go to our website, uh, it's evaluex.io and you have a link to the Chrome extension. If you just want to get the analysis without the Chrome extension, you can get it too. We're simply registering. Just put your email and we will, we will take you from there. Uh, it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward, nothing too fancy. Um, uh, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it's excellent. I mean, it's been, it's been great to speak to you. And um, so thanks very much for coming on the show. And um, yeah, I look forward to hearing about how you got in the future. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been nice to speak to you. Great. Thank you. Okay. It was a great sharing. Um, and we'll be happy to talk with you again. Okay, thank you. Cheers.